Hello and welcome to Bubbly Bibbly, the podcast about books and bubbles, literature and libations, authors and alcohol. We love books and bubbly. We are friends who offer a curated book review section on our website and a hilarious podcast. We discuss books, drinks, and stories from our lives. I'm Rachel. And I am Carmen. I've seen a lot of social media posts about book recommendations for the new year. And our friend of the show, Leah, actually asked for recommendations every year to build her 2023 TBR list or her TBR list each year. And I love that idea. And my recommendation made her list. I was so excited to be one of the 12 months to read 12 books recommended by 12 friends. And uh, of course, I recommended Linda Olson's book, Astrid and Veronica, which I decided to recommend to everyone. And that is a great segue into the theme of this episode. I wrote this episode because one of our listeners, Corinne, asked me if I had read a certain book that she read and cannot get out of her mind and she needs to discuss it. And Karen posted that she is going to make her 2023 challenge from our recommendations. You know, I was so happy to see that. That was kind of fun. I feel a little pressure on me, though. (laughs) It's a new page with the start of 2023, and I love hearing the plans for how and what you are reading this year. In this episode, Carmen and I are going to talk about specific book recommendations that have been presented to us and whether or not we are going to read them. am drinking my favorite French gimlet, which is, you okay. know, I told you is gin, St. Germain, and oh, lime. Yeah. And it's essentially a big shot with some ice, but it's delicious. <laughs> the ice makes all the difference, though. You don't have to feel bad. <laughs> I love it. It's so good. Well, I am loving Empress Gin 1908. I hit up their website and made a simple cocktail called the Q 1908. Now, the Empress Gin is the one that is kind of an indigo color. Yes, it's beautiful. Yeah, I really love it. So the Q 1908 is gin, lemon juice, simple syrup, and egg white. And you strain, I mean, you shake that and you strain it in a chilled coop. But let me tell you. I had to go buy a carton of egg whites because I'm not wasting an $8 egg by separating it right now. I didn't think about that. You're so You know, I'm going to use eggs in the barter economy in uh, the new world Gilead (laughs) that is coming. (laughs) I am laughing because you know what? You are so right, girl. I know that's right. So what are you reading? So over the holidays, I finished reading or I read, I started and finished, sorry, uh, Demon Copperhead by Barbara Kingsolver. Oh my gosh. It was amazing and long, very long, but an amazing read. It is the current day retelling of David Copperfield by Charles Dickens. It was so sad and really tragic, but in the end it was hopeful and it was just beautifully, beautifully written. 
I loved it. Can I tell you, I've never read a book by Charles Dickens. What? A Tale mm-hmm. of Two Cities? Aren't well, That's required no. reading in ninth grade. No, no. Uh, I've never read any Charles Dickens. Um, well, and David Copperfield is like 900 pages of sorrow. But to me, David Copperfield is a, kind of a hot music uh, magician from 20 years ago. <laughs> no, it's a poor o- orphan. <laughs> Whatever. Um, so I decided to start the year by rereading the book I'm asking everyone else to read, Astrid and Veronica. And I don't reread books very often. Uh, and I am very much enjoying meeting these characters again. Oh, and I love Linda Olson. She's, oh. she is just the sweetest, nicest, coolest person ever. I love that. And I'm looking forward to talking about some of the titles that people have suggested over these last few months, because everyone's been throwing out all these, you know, they had time to read over the holidays. So, and um, I think I might bring up a little subtopic books that have been made into movies or series that you have no interest in reading until you saw the trailer for the production. Oh, so we'll be right back. Bubbly Bibbly would like to welcome our new sponsor, Smoke and Ember Candle Company. They're a small company located out of Western North Carolina. They offer beautiful candles that fit in any home or business. They're only made from high-quality soy wax and fragrances that boast rich scents into your space. Visit Smoke and Ember Candle Company and use the discount Bubbly to receive 10% off. So this topic interested me because we have talked about recommendations before, but usually they're books that we have already read and are recommending to our readers. Right. And this is the opposite side of the recommendation coin. Books that you guys have recommended to us. So tell me about the book that started this. Okay. Like I mentioned earlier, Corinne contacted me and asked if I had read Women Talking by Miriam Taves. Now, it's about a group of Mennonite women who have been continuously drugged and sexually violated, only to have the male leaders in their group tell them that it was demons attacking them or God punishing them for their sins. So it sounds like they finally say enough is enough. And Corinne didn't say if she liked it or hated it, but just that she needed to discuss it, uh, which I absolutely love in a reader. I think I just saw that on Netflix or Hulu or one of those things. So it's just now coming out and it's based on this book. And it has like an all-star cast from the looks of it. Oh my gosh, yes, yes. And since I plan to read it, I've really avoided reading too much about it. The book was published in 2018, so several years ago. And it's based on a true story. 
based on a true story from a Mennonite community in Bolivia, South America. I didn't even know they had Mennonites in South America. But, you know, I I used to live in Pennsylvania between Philadelphia and Lancaster, which has a huge Mennonite community. And um, I was there for almost 10 years. So I'm very, very interested in this story on several levels. Okay. So talking about rough reads, my, my friend Carrie is the one who recommended the book As Long as the Lemon Grow by it's by Zulfa Kata. And it it's a rough read because it takes place in, in Syria during the Arab Spring. Mm-hmm. And it follows a young woman and her pregnant sister-in-law. And there's war all going, you know, around them. The army that are trying to fight against the government, the government army. I mean, there's just no wins. And then there's snipers everywhere. Um, It's just, it's a hard read as well. So this one is really intense. And like I, I said in, um, in the last recording, I may have to put this one down and then Mm. come back to it. It's very good. Well Mm. written. Um, And I, I really do want to hear this story. And like we've talked about before, I mean, all I have to do is read it. I didn't have to live through it. So yeah, I'm yeah. trying to keep that in the back of my mind, but in the, but I just got done reading a bunch of rough stories. So mm-hmm. I might put this one down and pick another one up. Although it's been a great recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so you, even if you do put it down, you're, you're going to, you're not abandoning it. No, no. Okay. Um, well, I mean, that's a that's a big delineation, I think. My next one was recommended by you. Ooh. So that's pretty, pretty much a sure thing for me. It's The Lighthouse Witches by C.J. Cook. Yeah, it and was fun. This, this one sounded really, really good. It's about a single mother who is painting a mural in a lighthouse in a remote part of Scotland, and she brings her three daughters. And two of her daughters disappear, one of which is found 22 years later, but she's still seven years old. So I added this one to my Goodreads list uh, on November 2nd. So I'm pretty sure you probably brought it up in one of our October episodes mm-hmm. about, uh, wit- you know, the witches because it was October. Yeah, I did. It was good. It's one of my yeah. little. Yeah, I'm and definitely going to read this one. Well, um, I read a recommended book from you, the Agatha of Little Neon by uh, oh, yeah. Claire Luchette. Mm-hmm. It was, it's about a nun, Agatha, who's part of this small nunnery and their plight of everyday living and making a difference in their community. But it's also about Agatha herself and her self-discovery of who she is and what she really wants to do with her life. It was a great read. It was so cute. I really enjoyed that book. Yeah. I loved the way it was written. I fell in love with all the characters. Yeah. The characters were amazing. Yeah. Now when we come back, I will share my next recommended book. Years ago, a very smart and witty co-worker of mine recommended Independent 
Papal by Icelandic writer Haldor Laxness. Now, he won the Pulitzer Prize for this book in 1955. So let me just read to you the Goodreads summary. Okay. This magnificent novel is at last available to contemporary American readers. Although it is set in the early 20th century, it recalls both Iceland's medieval epics and such classics as Sigrid Udset Kristen Lavradaster. You got it, girl. <laughs> I don't even know. And if Bjartur of Summer Houses, the book's protagonist, is an ordinary sheep farmer, his flinty determination to achieve independence is genuinely heroic and at the same time terrifyingly terrifying and bleakly comic. Now, I don't even know if I'm going to read this book because I, say, I can't. Have you even read this book? I can't even read the fucking description <laughs> of it. You know, so it's, like, it, it's just blah 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 by blah 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 <laughs> and blah blah blah. By I mean, you kind of lost me at Haldor Laxness. <laughs> you know, I I don't I don't know. Um, yeah. So that anyway, this fun to me. This this was, but, you know, I have so much respect for this man who recommended this book that it does make me want to want to read it. But he might just be a better person to read this book. <laughs> sometimes I feel like sometimes people might just be smarter than me. And that's okay. <laughs> Which, oh. which is why, which is why I am um, recommending uh, books like uh, "John Dies at the End," where doorknobs turn into penises. Oh, right. <laughs> um. Oh, so my. again, I read a recommended author that you recommended, Grady mm -hmm. Hendrix. And oh, I love me some Grady Hendrix. So I started with the Southern, the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. Mm -hmm. I gotta tell you, the gross factor is a little high on this one because, like, I don't know, the first few pages you're reading about the neighbor who's eating a raccoon, a dead raccoon, out of a dumpster. <laughs> and he attacks the main person and bites her ear, her earring, her ear off. So, mm -hmm. um, but I stuck with it because you told me it wasn't necessarily like, you know, horror, horror, you know, mm -hmm. it's kind of funny, comedic, whatever. So I was like, this doesn't sound funny eating the dead raccoon, but I'm going to stick with it. And I'm so glad I did because it was a... Great, if not unique, read. Yes, it's yes, really good. I he's one of my favorites now. Now that you I know, know how he writes, Grady Hendrix. If you have not signed up for his email newsletter, it is really. It is, I highly recommend it because he is just he has such a unique 
perspective and way of writing. And he's so hilarious, but he is very dark. He's very macabre. And um, he, what turned me on to him was my oldest son, Strat, gave me his horror store. Yes. Which is about uh, like a possessed Ikea. Yeah. (laughs) He's just, he's just, uh, he's so different. And I think, wasn't he the author spotlight in our Uh, January newsletter or December? I don't know. I can't remember. He has been our spotlight author in our newsletter. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. It was, yeah, it was really good. So I started the James Patterson's, the women's, the women's murder club series based off of a recommendation from our friend, Julie. And I'm so glad I did because I now have a go-to book or series. Now the series is about four friends who pool their skills together to crack San Francisco's toughest, Toughest murder cases. It sounds like something you would watch on CBS. Um, but it's really wait a minute, wait a minute. Why CBS? I don't know, because they have all the I mean, why can't all, it so NBC wouldn't have a production like that? Um, no. And let's I mean, let's not forget ABC. I mean what what's ABC wouldn't what's do special that. about CBS? ABC is more reality TV. NBC is more um like but see, CBS has the, the the hospital shows and all that stuff. So true crime. I'm thinking. Okay, I'm making in, a note here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna like uh, NCIS and all that. Isn't that CBS? I don't know, but probably. So anyway, yeah, the friends all have different <laughs> jobs. So Lindsay is this homicide inspector with the police department. There's Claire, who's a medical examiner. Jill, who's this assistant DA, and Cindy, who is this new. A crime desk reporter for the San Francisco Chronicle. There are 19 books in this series. And where are you? I'm book three. Okay, so this this might be a really great book for you to read when you put down the lemon tree. That's what I'm saying. Right. So you, when I say you have a go-to book or series, this is it. Mm Mm-hmm. You know. And the women are all very intelligent. Um, they go through life, ser- you know, life. So, you know, some are married, then some get divorced. They have kids. They, you know, it's. And they're all pretty high speed. I mean, you've got a, a homicide inspector, an uh-huh. assistant DA, and a medical examiner. I mean, they're all very high Smart. speed. Right. You yeah. know, you, you would think. And they're all working like homicide, so they're going to all end up being friends, and they all end up working together. I mean, I like it that. comes about very naturally, and mm-hmm. um, nothing feels too forced. I, so. I may add that to my list. Yeah, um, another one that you probably won't be adding to yours was okay. a recommendation <laughs> from yet another coworker who stressed that I must read this, and that is okay. Ken Follett's pillars of the earth and and he was so keen on me reading it that he actually bought me a copy and had it shipped to my house my co-worker so he knows your address uh yeah if somebody says they're going to ship a book to me i give them my fucking address um i don't know it's my co-worker 
Oh. Yeah. I trust you, Jim. Anyway, this is another really much-loved book on Goodreads. So it's coming in at four out of three out of five stars from over 700,000 ratings. 700,000. So again, Mm -hmm. I have to read it. You know, I tried once, but it is, it's just a doorstop of a book. It's just under a thousand pages. And I have a feeling that both of these books, the, the, the one by John and the one by Jim, those were my two co-workers, I have to set a goal, like reading 25 pages a night in order to give myself a fair chance to be captured by the storytelling. But, you know, evidently, they're, they're very, very good books. Mm. Well, I, so I have a, a friend of mine ours in our book club that is a school librarian out here near me so she recommended educated by tara westover the book is about tara's real life growing up in a mormon prepper you know being a prepper Mm -hmm. uh, family in idaho it's um so her family being preppers they were kind of on the outs the outskirts of this Mormon, the Mormon people. So they yeah. were kind of outcast, but they weren't considered normal people. They were like fringe. Reason. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and again, it's a really rough read. It's very graphic. You should probably look up trigger warnings in this because they're out. And they're, they do things on their own. They don't really go to the doctor. So there's some graphic accidents that happen on this farm mm-hmm. in, the, in the stories. Other than that, it was, it was a really good, it was a very interesting story. One that I just really couldn't put down. And there's a lot of still discussion on this book of whether or not how true the telling was. Mm-hmm. Um because these are real life people. I mean, it was almost autobiographical mm-hmm. in the telling of it. I so. really felt like I read this and I really felt mm-hmm. like she got special consideration because of her her past and what mm-hmm. a great story it would be. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, she did not qualify to go to Oxford. She did not qualify until they told the professor her story, and then she automatically winds up at Oxford. And then I'm supposed to believe that she taught herself all of this. You know, all of this was self-taught. I just, I found the majority of it, like you said, to be unbelievable. Did her brother help her on some of the studies and stuff? Well, her, her brother was just as, you know, he was raised in the same way. Yeah, but there was one brother that did go to school, and he was the one that helped her. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of... Yeah. Um, Well, next for me is West with Giraffes by Linda Rutledge. That was recommended to me not to read, interestingly enough, but to listen to the audiobook. I love that. And... I know. I thought that was very interesting. And that alone intrigues me. This one was inspired by a true story of two giraffes who survived a hurricane while in the Atlantic. And then they were, they were placed in a specially made truck 
to deliver them to the San Diego Zoo. All of this happened in Depression-era America. That's kind of hard to say when you've been drinking. Um, And the driver of the truck (laughs) is the narrator, and his name is Woodrow Wilson Nickel, which I loved. I I love that. I love that. Um, it, it sounds pretty rollicking, like a, a historical fiction. And I'm waiting, of course, I'm waiting for one of the three libraries to which I belong to add it to their audiobook offering. So far, it's not even offered by them. Okay. Don't even start Girl, with me. Just go to Don't on start with book. me. Well, I can't remember who recommended... Uh, my next book is The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. And I am so glad they did, though. I really wish I could remember because I would thank them. An amazing read. It's about two twins, two sisters, who choose to live their life completely different. So they're uh, from uh, Louisiana, small town in Louisiana, two black children, light-skinned black sisters, and one moves west, to live as a white woman and the other one stays home and the white, the, the white sister, the sister who's passing is white. Her daughter sees thinks She sees her mom and it turns out to be her mom's sister. And then they end up going back and reuniting. And there's like this whole story, but it still has one of my favorite fictional Couples, we talked about this too on, on a on our couples recording, mm-hmm. and that's Jude and Reese, and I love it. Um, so Jude is one of the daughter is the daughter, and Reese is like this transgender woman who's transitioning into a man, and you know they're wow. they're how they came together and how they treat each other is so warm. And then how they're welcomed, you know, into this family that normally wouldn't be so welcoming, but it's, you know, that, that reminds me of um, Nella Larson's passing, which is an older book Mm -hmm. about two women who grew up together and both, African-American, and one is very light-skinned. Well, they're both very light-skinned. One passed, and one decided not to. Mm -hmm. And then they meet up again years and years later. And it it, uh, without the LBGTQ fate, you know, part Part to it, it, it sounds very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. And, you know, my one of my favorite books, Personal Librarian, is about... This woman who comes from historically like very famous black family, but she passes for white and becomes J.P. Morgan's librarian. Oh, I love that And February is coming up and I can't wait because I have a bunch of new authors. I'm going to read for that month. But anyway. Oh, good. Good, good. Um, When we come back. Let's get to what Rachel mentioned at the top of the show, which was her subtopic. When you mentioned your first book, Women Talking, that brought up an interesting notion to me. When a series or a movie offers a recommendation simply by making the series or movie. 
One that immediately comes to mind is that wildly popular, which is right now, uh, Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. I mean, that thing has taken off a life of its own. So you're saying that people may be drawn to the book because of the series. Yes. Isn't that brilliant? That is, that is brilliant, uh-huh. yes. And you know, in in almost all cases, the book is so much better because it can add so many nuances and voices that the film just can't capture. Right. And I'm sure there are people who watched that weren't, that didn't even know that it was even a book. And mm-hmm. that may have happened more. What? And that may have happened more than you and I realized because we're readers. <laughs> not, not really. <laughs> As I'm trying to read. Um, um, I may watch women talking, but I'm definitely going to read the book first. Yes. I always want to read the book first. And I didn't know this, but that The Lincoln Lawyer that was on HBO, that is a popular book as well. So there's a bunch of things out there that are based on books. You know, I would say that the movie My Sister's Keeper being based on Jodi Picoult's book may surprise some people. And let me tell you right now, if you saw that movie and you haven't read the book, I'm going to urge you to read the book because they're almost completely different stories. The ending is totally different. And it may be it may not be the audience pleaser as the movie will screen it before a focus group and change the ending. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. books don't do that. Um which makes it all that much more satisfying to me. So I know when I'm throwing that book across the room into the trash <laughs> can because I'm yep. so mad and I'm crying, it's I, I, I you don't get that in the movie because they that's right then they make it well happy. especially like you said that's exactly right if the focus group doesn't like it they're going to change it right um i think most people know that stephen king wrote books that a lot of his movies are based on like carrie mm-hmm. the shawshank redemption misery pet cemetery oh my gosh it goes on and on christine um, right all, yeah yes all of these books were first but some of the science fiction titles by Philip K. Dick have movies that have different titles. So, for example, Blade Runner with Harrison Ford was adapted from his Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep novel written in 1968. And John Grisham had nine of his novels made into movies. Yes. And some movie franchises are so big that the novels they are based on have moved to the movie Shadow. So I'm thinking of like the Jason Bourne series, James mm-hmm. Bond, was it Lonesome Dove? The Godfather. Okay. I oh, do yeah. love the movie though. Um, and all of these franchises were developed from the books. Yes. Um Or the production and stars in the movies are so big that no one stops to think that there was a book first. And on this one, I would say like Devil Wears Prada, Mm -hmm. Cool Hand Luke, Crazy Rich Asians, and Breakfast at Tiffany's. Breakfast at Tiffany's was another one. That's Truman Capote's novella. And it 
bears very little resemblance to oh. the movie. Very little. Right. And what Truman Capote, he wrote that in 1958. And like you said, the movie is nothing like a book, but those are some good ones. Like Cool Hand Luke. Oh my gosh. What is that? Paul? Paul Newman. Oh. <laughs> okay, girl. Calm down. Right. Calm down. I'm banning myself um, over here. <laughs> so, so, you know, so here's what I'm going to do in the form of a reading challenge for myself. I'm going to read a book recommended to me that I've put off. In this case, it would be Independent People or Pillars of the Earth. Mm-hmm. And and read a book from each decade that's been made into a movie. I'm going to start with the noir books from the 1940s. Hmm. And then I'm going to watch the movie. So if any of you have particular recommendations, let me know, and I'll put my final list on the Bubbly Bibbly group or website. So, so far, I'm thinking maybe um, James M. Cain with A Postman Always always Rings Twice. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. See, I know. And I. That movie's good. the Lost Weekend with Ray Milland in the movie. Yeah. The book, the book has a very decidedly homoerotic undertone that the movie left out. Right. So, see, that may be a good one. Mm. So, so anyway, good. yeah. Let me let me know what you guys think about that. So last year, my challenge was with the number of books. You know, I saw my Goodreads. I I concentrated on reading 50 books. So I still have that on my Goodreads. Um, but I am trying to read more intentionally this year. And I love that. I'm going to be adding in as much diversity as I can this year, whether it be an author or a genre. So I've been really enjoying some fantasy reads. Um, which mm. is out of my comfort zone. You know, I'm historical fiction. Love mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, there have been some really good black authors that I knew ones that have come in and I am excited to read some of those. So I'm going to be, if you guys have anything outside or something really good, let me know. This has really been a fun episode to write and to record, so I really cannot wait to hear from our listeners. It's going to be exciting. And the sound of our cheering fans means that it's always time for some listener comments. Well, we just want to give a special thanks to Karen for putting this idea in our head that turned into the show and to Corinne for giving Carmen the perfect place to start. And I have to tell you something that made me laugh. Okay. There was a post to name your favorite book that's over 100 years old. And our friend Gay, once again, showed her love for Nathaniel Hawthorne's The Scarlet Letter. I think you and I are going to have to read that as a book club. I wrote it. I I told Gay. I mean, we've talked about it. It's like... I don't know. I read it once in high school and that was just <laughs> enough. There's 
there's too many new books that well, I want to get my hands on this year. I'm sorry, Gay. I love you. The Scarlet Letter is, I'm so glad you love it. I did not mean to get you all apoplectic. Sorry, Sorry about that. Uh, all right. Keep posting on Bubbly Bibbly social media pages. And if you are not a member of the Bubbly Bibbly Facebook group, search for it today and ask to join. It's really fun and an active group. And we really want you to be a part. Let us know which books have been recommended to you and whether or not they are on your to-be-our list. And if you realized after you've seen a movie or series that it was based on a book that then you wanted to go back to read, let us know about that. I really loved that section, Rachel, and I'm glad that you brought it up. Also, get ready for the next Bubbly Bibbly cocktail party, which we will be announcing soon. And remember, John Green said, you cannot invent an algorithm that is as good at recommending books as a good bookseller. 